Hi, everyone, and welcome to Nella's Ten Trunk Podcast. I returned from my first trip to Madagascar about two weeks ago. I think an episode introducing this unique island, the world's fourth largest, in fact, is very worthwhile, and I'll follow this podcast with an interview I did with a Malagasy man I met while there, who has a passion for the island's biodiversity and its future protection. You hear lots of things about Madagascar. On the negative, you hear about deforestation, poverty, and political exploitation of the precious resources. On the positive, you hear about lemurs and baobabs and underwater coral gardens teeming with marine life. I was able to experience all of those positives and learned more about the negatives as well on my trip. This is just the beginning, as to explore the whole place, one needs much more time. Madagascar is big, after all. It's 226,700 square miles, or about 587,000 square kilometers. That's basically the size of France, and slightly larger than California. As one smart Malagasy lady said to me, you need to treat Madagascar like the compass, a week in the south, a week in the east, a week in the north, a week in the west. In our case, we would love to do that and really explore it all. This time, however, my husband and I went with the double duty of seeing the island and spending time at Miyavana Lodge, or Miyavana, as the locals call it, and which means a unification, a coming together. Some also said it can be a reconciliation, and I personally love the idea of it meaning a reconciliation with man and nature, in a place that really needs that about now. I guess that goes for the whole natural world, really. Miyavana is a time and tide property, and Tin Trunk clients already go to their lodges and camps in Zambia. I knew it would be good, if not great. At the helm as CEO is a man I know who gets it right, and when he told me about the owner, his vision, and his commitment to conservation, I was hooked. It doesn't surprise me that Miyavana is now considered one of the world's top properties, and indeed, expectations on that front were exceeded. I'm thrilled to have clients heading there very soon. The history of the island goes back to Gondwana, the supercontinent, wherein all the continents were one about 135 million years ago. When Africa split off from South America, Madagascar was connected to Africa and India. Then, a rift formed between those two continents, and Madagascar drifted off on its own. It now sits about 250 miles or 400 kilometers off the coast of East Africa. This separation, and resulting isolation, created the biodiverse hotspot that led to the evolution of the unique flora and fauna for which it's famous today. So what is this flora and fauna? Let's start with lemurs. As I put on my Instagram story, it's not a teddy bear. The crowned lemur featured there does look like one, though. Lemurs are actually primates, and they are from Madagascar and only Madagascar. You might remember the ring-tailed lemur, King Julian XIII, in the film Madagascar. If you've been to mainland Africa, lemurs are a bit like a large bush baby or galago. 
This is because they're both prosimians, which are relatives of ours but more distant than other primates, like monkeys and apes. Lemurs come in a variety of shapes and sizes. In common, they have long tails, furry bodies, and large expressive eyes. The smallest is the mouse lemur, which are, well, mouse size. I didn't get to see one of those, but boy, oh boy, do I want to. Indri lemurs are the largest and weigh something like 22 pounds or 10 kg. They live in trees mostly and bounce around from branch to branch expertly. If you want to see how expertly, have a look at the documentary narrated by Barack Obama called Our National Parks. The first episode features Sifaka lemurs leaping around on Singhi, and it's incredible. We got to see Singhi. I think of them as stalagmites, except not in caves. And it's spelled T-S-I-N-G-Y. They're limestone formations with sharp pinnacles that form thanks to a process called karstification, which is when limestone is eroded by rainwater and dissolved minerals. The result is so beautiful and dramatic. You look out at them and it's a sea of needle-like peaks. You look up from their base and it's like skyscrapers. And if you look down, you see pits and fissures, almost like an aerial view of a glacier. They create their own ecosystems, too, with rainwater gathering in sunspots to allow plants to grow. And these lemurs jump around looking for yummy leaves. Truly, watch the episode. The crowned lemurs we saw are diurnal and keep busy, jumping around the trees, feeding on leaves, watching us with curiosity. The nocturnal ones we saw, the spotted lemurs, find little holes and forks in the branches to spend the day. Their big eyes can't see well in the light, so they just sit still, looking at you, resting. Our local guide, Joe, from the park, had zero trouble seeing in the daylight. My goodness, that man could spot wildlife. Put it this way, we were standing about a foot away from a tree trunk. He said, try and find it. After several minutes, we finally spotted the fan-tailed gecko, another only in Madagascar endemic species. He's not small either, about the length of my hand and wrist, but he looks exactly like the tree trunk. Chameleons are also famous here. Knowing that Madagascar has the largest chameleons in the world, the Parsons and the Ostalits, which can be about two feet long, we really wanted to see them. Of the over 50 kinds here, many are endemic. We didn't see one on the forest hike, but then found several as we drove through the village back to the helicopter. What we did see and hear a lot of in the forest were birds. You need to know the songs of the birds if you're watching them in a dense forest like this, and Joe certainly did. Once he learned we were keen, he seemed to turn on the binocular vision in his head, and boom, bird after bird. We even crept slowly and gently through the dense forest to find two tiny scops owls napping side by side on a branch. There are about 120 species of birds that cannot be found anywhere else in the world. These include a fish eagle, an owl, a kingfisher, an ibis, usually with the word Madagascar before it, like Madagascar fish eagle, Madagascar paradise flycatcher, and so on. 
The vangas are a specific Madagascar species of bird, and there are about 20 of them. We got to see several that day, and I think our guide was as excited to find them for us as we were to see this new African species. After we departed to head back to the island, we got to fly through a magical baobab forest. It was an avatar moment as we fluttered just above the trees. Baobabs are awesome. They exist all over sub-Saharan Africa, with the Andansonia digitata, or African baobab, being the most common. It always reminds me of the book The Little Prince. Its upside-down appearance, where the branches reaching to the sky look like roots, makes me imagine little fairy creatures hopping around. There are nine species of these trees, and six of them are on Madagascar. The image of me hugging one on Instagram is about 30 meters tall. Flying over Madagascar is also a good way to witness one of the big problems here, deforestation. This was an island covered by forest. Now farming, logging, and mining have resulted in a lot of that forest being cut down. In fact, as of this year, it's said that Madagascar has lost about 44% of its forest. I'm not going to pretend to have answers to this, but I do know that the right kind of tourism can help. People who take the time and spend the money to visit are showing the Malagasy that they have something special worth preserving. All of the people we met were optimistic that with more travelers who come to places with integrity, things will improve both for themselves and for the future of conservation on the island. So we've covered the incredible forest, the unique Singi ranges. Now what about that other world, the underwater one? I love both diving and snorkeling and do it whenever the opportunity presents. I had the great fortune to dive in places like Thailand, Italy, Monterey Bay, Seychelles, Bali, Kenya, Tanzania, Mozambique, and Madagascar. So it isn't without comparison experience that I say my Madagascar dive was one of the best ever. You have coral reefs, seagrass beds, and mangrove forests that host a ton of fish. For those of you who know the names of fish, I'm usually the person saying, what's that really cool yellow one with black stripes and big eyes? Some of the endemics are freshwater species like cichlids, rainbow fish, and rice fish also all critically endangered, unfortunately. Our dives were journeys into yet more magic with Napoleon wrasse, hawksbill turtles, and well, loads of other super colorful ones. See what I mean about me and naming fish? What amazed me the most though, were the corals. Where they were alive, which sadly is not everywhere, they were stunning, bright and plentiful. Diving through the towers of coral was a highlight. Finding a hawksbill turtle napping on the shelf of one such tower and having him just watch us curiously felt like being somehow accepted, even perhaps forgiven. Alas, which we don't really deserve, I'm afraid. Humans have messed up this underwater paradise here as much as they have elsewhere, if not more. Overfishing is a big one. 
that six-foot or two-meter long Napoleon wrasse is critically endangered here, for example. The habitat is fragile, especially the coral reefs, and those are under attack by pollution, development, and destructive fishing practices, like big boats dragging nets along the sea bottom, which we saw happening from the helicopter one day. And that's the legal fishing. There's a lot of illegal stuff going on too that includes hunting and poaching for bushmeat and the illegal pet trade. I've lived in Africa 18 years and only got to Madagascar now. It feels poignant. We're all late to Madagascar. At least those of us who travel the earth to witness her nature, meet her people, and who are mindful about how their presence can actually help. So I'm internally optimistic, and I will continue to encourage our clients to include this place in their journeys through Africa, for no one will ever regret it. Thanks for listening to Nella's Ten Trunk Podcast. Wishing you joyful adventures. Until next time. Thank you.